This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Brian Walker, and today is another solo cast, taking on a topic by myself. This past week, we spent the end of the week and the weekend uh, in Fort Worth, Texas at Rick White Live, or Rick's Inner Circle, I should say. And we taught a class on marketing there. We spent an entire day. It was a great time. And as we were talking, um, one of the questions that came from the attendees was, how do you optimize for voice search? You know, people searching with Siri and Alexa and Cortana and all that kind of stuff. And it was a great question. And I'm going to answer that today and kind of give some detail on it. But before I get too far into that, I do want to thank our sponsor. So thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal is the key that unlocks more business for your auto repair shop. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right. So voice search, you know, people using Siri and Alexa, you know, they're, they're picking up their phone and just talking to it instead of typing something in. I know I find myself doing it much more. And just to get us started, I'll start off with a few statistics that I found. So 41% of adults and 55% of teens use voice search daily. How about you? Do you use it? I find that it's a whole lot easier now to just voice things in than it is to type them in. Over 20% of Google mobile queries are done using voice search. And then 65% of people who use Google Home and Alexa say that they could not imagine going back to before these things existed. And this is going to continue to grow more and more, especially as more and more things have voice built into them. And it is changing the world in in. And it is changing the way that we do marketing and the way that we do SEO. If you think about it, the way that people search when they're using a voice assistant is much different than the way that they would search if they were keying something in. So you take the person that is typing something in to do a search, they might search for auto repair shop. Whereas with voice, people are using longer searches and they're much more conversational with their search terms. They're talking to their device as if it is a person. And they're asking it questions just like they would if they were talking to a friend. You know, what does that mean for you? Well, it means that you need to be more conversational in your writing. You need to answer questions in complete sentences. Let me give an example here. If you are doing the content for your website and you have a page on your website about check engine light repair, then you might want to answer a question in the way that somebody might search for it. So you think about the situation that a person is in. They're driving down the road, their check engine light comes on, and it's not just on, but it's flashing. So if we know that people are using longer search terms and they're more conversational in their search terms, it just makes sense that when we are answering their question, we need to be more conversational and we need to actually answer questions in complete sentences when we are writing our content. So let's put this in the example of your website and if you have a page on your website that is about check engine light repair, think about the situation that a person is in. They're driving down the road, their check engine light comes on, and it's flashing. You know, the check engine light is flashing. So 
they're going to pick up their phone and they're going to say, hey, Siri, why would my check engine light be flashing? When you have that check engine light page on your website, one of the things that you might do is answer some of those questions. And when you do that, you can actually format it in a question itself. So in your content, you might say something like, what are some of the common reasons that your check engine light may come on? And then you can answer that in a complete sentence. Some common reasons that a check engine light may come on would be, and you can you know, give some of the most common reasons. And then you could do the same thing with if it's flashing. Because check engine light, for the most part, is either on, solid, it's off, or it's flashing. So you could also do the same thing with that. You say, what does it mean when my check engine light is flashing? And then you answer to that and you talk about it being a misfire and you give the answer to that question and do it in a conversational way. With these longer search terms that people are using, that's one of the reasons that your blog is so important because sometimes the questions that people are asking, the answers for it don't necessarily belong on the main content page for that. So you could get into all kinds of things about check engine lights, for example, and you don't necessarily want to put that content on the main check engine light page. But what you can do is you write blog posts about various topics around check engine lights, because I mean, we know of all kinds of reasons that a check engine light may come on. And then you have different types of cars that will have different reasons for the check engine light to come on. So there's this never-ending source of content that you can create. Then what you do is you can link that back to your check engine light page. And on the check engine light page, you can also link to those blog topics where you get into detail about that. So if you put on there that your check engine light may be flashing and that is a misfire, then you can actually take that text and link it over to the blog where you go into detail about check engine lights and misfires. Your blog is one of the most valuable places where you can pick up those voice searches because in your blog, you're normally answering what we would call a long tail key phrase, which is really just going to be a question and it's going to be a conversational question. Another example of that may be, why does my car shake violently when I'm coming to a stop from higher speeds? And of course, we know, you know, the answer to that would be warped rotors, but you can answer that in a blog because people will actually ask that question just like I did in a conversational tone. They will they will ask their device about that. And if you can be the one who answers it pretty much in the exact way that they asked it, then you are going to win when it comes to search. Our friends at RepairPal are making today's episode possible. Don't lose work to your competition. Today's consumers check pricing during all stages of the repair process, before, during, and after. Did you know that 81% of them do online price comparisons before making a purchase, and customers that check your price after they've already authorized the work do so after calling the competition? But RepairPal, the largest auto repair network, has a solution. Their fair price estimator tool can be put on your website to help you build trust with consumers up front to demystify price, help educate consumers about what's involved in the repair, bring you higher web traffic, and prevent your customers from calling your competition. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more about becoming RepairPal certified. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. With your blogs, we talk about this all the time. There's a particular book that we recommend reading called They Ask You Answer. And 
the gist of the book is that you answer the questions that your customers are asking you often. So, okay, there. Now you don't even need to read the book because I just told you the entire gist of it. No, that's wrong. You need to read the book because when you read it, it's going to spark all kinds of thoughts about great content that you can produce. And that content is the exact type of content that is going to work to bring in people who are doing voice search. Remember the statistics that I showed you? More and more people are using voice search all the time. You want to be there to capture those searches. The search queries are longer, but you need to keep your answers short and concise. Because if you think about it, if you're listening to this, you've probably used voice search before. If you think about the way that they that they answer, they will take a snippet out of a web page, out of a piece of content, and they will answer it with that snippet. The average result, like the average search result that is given by voice is 29 words. So it is short, concise answers. Now, of course, you can go on to explain more after you give that short, concise answer. And you want to, because one of the other things that has been shown is that the content that is used for voice searches, it is much longer than the content that usually shows up on page one for a typed search. And the number of that, so when someone types in a search, the average number of words that are on the pages of content that show up on page one search results are about 1,400 words on that page. Whereas with voice search, the average number of words for the content is 2,300 words. So you want to elaborate about things. You want to go on about it. And remember, when it comes to producing this content, I've written about this before, that the most valuable thing that you can learn how to do in your marketing is to write and you know what? I'm actually, as we were there at Rick's event this past weekend, one of the things that came to mind is we were talking about the technicians taking their time and writing detailed descriptions on the invoices of like what they found and what the repair process was and everything. And I started out life as a dealer technician. We literally got paid. Our pay was based on the things that we wrote down that we did. Because there was a code for just about every action that we took. So when I was diagnosing a car, I wrote down every single step of the diagnostic process because I was getting paid for it. That has actually turned me into the writer that I am today. I hate writing. I don't like just sitting down and writing, but I'm good at it and I get great results from it. So I do it, you know, and it just takes pure discipline to do it. And that is something that I would highly encourage you to do also as a shop owner is to write. Uh, If you're not a good writer, then learn to write. Or one of the things that you could also do would be to do videos that you send to a writer who can turn that into written content on your behalf. A couple of episodes ago, I did, uh, Kim and I talked about chat GPT using AI for writing I do not recommend doing that because your thought leadership and your opinions cannot make it into the content. So basically, it's just regurgitated content. So don't fall into that trap. You need that thought leadership in there. So if you're not writing it, then you need to somehow relay that your thought leadership to the person who is going to be writing for you. And a great way to do that is by video. Just pull out your phone, video yourself talking, send it to the writer and let them write the piece. So, yeah, I mean, average search answer answer is 29 words. Be concise, but expand upon that answer and create nice, 
like large content pieces. And then write the way that you talk. It should be natural language. That's another reason that you don't necessarily want to use AI to do your writing because it's going to write more like an English major. It's going to write very, very proper. And when you read it, you can look at it and say, okay, that's not the way that I would have a conversation with someone. You want to write the way that you would have a conversation with someone because that's the way that people are searching. And those are the search results that Google likes to use is the ones that are conversational in nature, the ones that have the thought leadership and and everything in it. And then optimize for featured snippets. A featured snippet, it's going to be a little bit hard for me to describe here, but you can do a Google search and find a lot of information about featured snippets. But the short answer is, you know how when you do a search and they give you an answer right up at the top of the search results page, and it's not something that is meant for you to click into it and go to go find the answer on the page that you're clicking through to, they give you the answer right there on the search result page because you know Google's advertising on those pages. They don't necessarily want you to leave their properties. They want you to stay on page and they will show your content in featured snippets. Now that is a good thing for you. People can click through to that, but it also just shows the value of your content and it shows your, that Google is looking at you as the authority on whatever topic it is that you are answering. But featured snippets, are usually the result of having a very good content structure on your page. So usually you are answering something and you're giving uh, steps or bullet points or something like that. Lists are good and you're actually using things like numbered lists or bullet points or whatever because Google loves lists and bullet points. Uh, And it will actually pull usually the first one, you know, whatever the first answer in the list is, unless you give more detail in there that they can tell better suits the question that the person is asking. Anyway, my point is use bullet points and ordered lists uh, when you are writing because it will help you to get your answer inside of a featured snippet on the search results page. Include questions all throughout your content. Again, you're going to need longer pieces of content. You are going to think of what is this one question that I may answer But there's going to be all kinds of other related questions around that that you can also use throughout your content. And when you're writing, actually form something in the form of a question and then answer it. When you're writing your content, you want to dumb it down. Write it as if you were trying to explain something to a 10-year-old. Because that type of writing, is it's just the kind of writing that the search engines tend to like the most. They know that when they serve that as a search result to somebody, it's going to clearly and easily explain the topic to the person. And near me searches are very common to voice searches. People will pick up their phone and they will say, where's the closest auto repair shop? Or what are some auto repair shops near me? These near me searches are very dependent on your directory listings, on your Google business profile. Apple now have, they have just released the Apple Business Connect, uh, which is going to be directly related to Apple Maps. Um, So if you're using Siri, my gut tells me that that's going to be very important. So make sure that you have your Google business profile, your Apple Business Connect, filled out as completely as you can, making sure that you have the proper name, address, and phone number, that you have your hours of operation because that's going to be important too. When you're using voice search, very often if a business is closed during those hours, 
then they will not serve that business as a search result. So you have to be really careful about that, too. If you put that you're closed for lunch and somebody is searching at lunchtime, you want to make sure that you have your hours of operation there. And I would actually not even put the lunch closure in there if, if you are. But your name, address, phone number, your hours, and then the services that you provide. Because people don't always just search for auto repair shop. They may search for things like alignments or air conditioning repair, you know, those types of searches where you want to have that in your services so that it can display when somebody is searching for it. And then use local landmarks in your content. You know, we're not too far from New Orleans where I am right now. So, you know, people in New Orleans might do something like, uh, say, what auto repair shops are near the Superdome or something like that. That's just the way that people talk now. It is the way that people search. And for voice search, you want to do that. So when you're writing, you could even like on your contact page, for example, you might put some written directions that talk about, you know, from the Superdome, from the Museum of Natural Science, or what are the landmarks that are near your business? And they don't always have to be these big landmarks either. They could be your local high school or the library or whatever. But include those landmarks in your writing so that the voice search can pick up on that because they know where everything is. And then do more video. I know that I sound like a broken record when it comes to video, but the statistics show that when two searches are done, if a search is done by just typing something in or if a search is done using voice, that more video results are given when the voice search is performed. So you want to use more video. Not only do they give the video as a result, but they'll actually give a snippet of the video. The exact thing that you searched for will be the result. When you hit play on that video, it doesn't start at zero seconds. It starts when you start talking about the answer to the question that the person asked. All right, so wrapping this up, when you want to get your website to perform better for voice search, some things to know. You know, voice search is growing. It's growing a lot. The searches are longer and they're more conversational, so your content needs to be longer and more conversational. But remember to answer the questions short and concise. Answer questions in complete sentences. You know, include the question in the answer. So, for example, if somebody is asking, why is my check engine light flashing? Then your sentence would be, your check engine light is flashing because your engine is misfiring. So use those complete sentences. Include other related questions throughout the content. Dumb it down. Write for a 10-year-old. Optimize your Google business profile and include services and descriptions. Use local landmarks in your content and create more videos. All right. So thank you for listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I would ask you to follow us on whatever platform you are listening on. We are part of the Aftermarket Radio Network, which is a larger group of podcasts, all automotive related. There are some other great podcasts on the network. I would encourage you to go to aftermarketradionetwork.com and look at those other podcasts and go give them a listen. I hope that you listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.